Alright. Before I get started, <clears throat> how many like this episode? Don't be shy. I'm, not, I'm just curious. Raise your hands. The more astute of you may notice that I am not raising my hand. Uh, I'm actually quite curious how many people in the comments section have mentioned that they like this episode. As ever, I would love to hear why you like this episode. Because I don't know anybody, and I don't know anybody who does. I'm not saying people don't. That's that's ridiculous. I'm sure there's people out there who enjoy this episode. I have never personally met someone who likes this episode. Now, walking into it, I can kind of see why. You know, so let's 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 discuss the three big issues here, shall we? Issue number one: the I, I like a relationship that's built up, that's established over time, that's worked into, right? That's not what Odo and Kira have. No, really. While their friendship certainly is something that's been very well developed and very worked into, the romance angle has absolutely not. I would argue, personally, that there are only two episodes that actually help to establish their romantic relationship. Uh, one of those would be Children of Time, and the other one would be Called Arms. Other than those two episodes, I would say they haven't moved an inch as far as developing a romantic relationship. And both of those were mostly about putting it off till later. <laughs> Think about that for a second. That's relevant because, to use my favorite parallel, uh, Tom and Balana spent the better part of a year, a season, where every scene the two had together, which was a frequent element of every episode, they moved a little bit closer together. There was a development of that relationship over that period of time. To put it into perspective, this relationship has developed over the course of three episodes. The two I just mentioned, and this one. It's never been brought up or addressed in any, in any substantial manner, nor moved towards. There's been no hints. There's been no drifting. There's been no development. There's been no, ah, becoming fonder. We have seen Odo's side of it, which is why I'd, I'd forgive people for saying that, oh, it's totally been built up. No, it hasn't. Odo's crush on her has been built up. Uh, since Season 2, Episode 24, I looked it up. That was the first time that was hinted at. And it was first firmly established in Season 3, Episode 10. That's over three years ago now, by the way. That's related to the first problem. The fact that there's been no real development of the two having a relationship, and the fact that it's been one-sided and has taken forever. There's like a sweet spot, right? You don't spend too little time... You don't spend too much time. And, ironically, this relationship manages both at the same time. This is further complicated by the fact that, and I know I pointed this out before, Rene Bergenois and Nana Visitor did not approve of this. And they, they, they went through with it. In fact, I actually have a quote from Nana Visitor about this point, if you'll forgive me. Um, if I can find the quote, here it is. Uh, <laughs> that's not the quote, that's not the quote. Um, ah, shoot, now I can't find the quote. Of course I can. Here it is, here it is. I'm not always much, I'm not a fan of Odo and Kira being together, but they found a way to make it all make sense. I've, I've always felt I have to open my mouth and pick my fights. Even though I know there's a certain amount of fights I'm gonna lose, I always do it anyways. That was one I lost. Now, Rene Bergenois says something similarly diplomatic, where he was like, I didn't like it, but then I went through and was like, okay, it can kind of work. Um, that's not 
<laughs> both of them have spoken many times in many interviews in Cinema Fantastique, or whatever you say that, in the Deep Six Nine Companion, in conventions, and all over the place, how they did not want this relationship to happen. I remind you that the person who has had the most romantic entanglements in this entire show is Kira, for some reason. <laughs> I still don't understand that. So, there's problem number one. Too little and too much. Problem number two. Oh, actually, while I'm on the subject, let's also not forget the fact that in the middle of the three episodes of actual development, she had a one-off fling with the other, the alternate Beryl. So, just, just to add further fuel to that fire. <clears throat> Problem number two. There's a lot of singing in this episode. Now, it doesn't sound like a lot when you pull out the numbers, which I bothered to do this time around. But the first time, the, the episode opens with a minute and 18 seconds of singing. And nothing else. Later on, there's a full three minutes of singing. And nothing else. Later on, there's a minute and 50 of singing. And nothing else. Finally, there's two minutes and 20 seconds of singing and dancing. That's the first time anything has been happening on the camera that involves something actually relevant to the story that is not just singing. Don't mistake me. The guy who plays Vic Fontaine, who I can't remember his name right now, and I didn't write it down because I'm a moron, uh, James Darren has a wonderful singing voice, and I'm not trying to disparage that at all. The man knows what he's doing. I actually like Vic Fontaine in every episode except this one. Because it's just singing, nothing else. It's like the episode pauses to sing, to have a musical number. The musical number isn't part of the story. I've heard some of the production staff call this a musical. I disagree. A musical is when the events of the story are portrayed in musical format. See, oh, I don't know, Aladdin. <laughs> to use a random example. Imagine if in the middle of Aladdin, rather than a whole new world playing as they're exploring and discovering this, this new dynamic and blah, blah, all of a sudden, he just walks off and starts singing that in the, the area by himself, and then goes back and reacts to her. That's what this episode has the equivalent of, so that's problem number two. Now, well, I've already mentioned problem number three, haven't I? Some people just don't like the Oda-Kira relationship, including me, I'll free, feel free to admit. There's also very little to talk about here. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven bullet points, other than, you know, tidbits and information about uh, the stuff in the background. Now, this is just my theorizing as to why I think people don't tend to like this episode. I, I, I say that so obviously. I shouldn't say it like that. Oh, there is actually one additional point. So I, I brought up this list of quotes for a reason. Um, I, I don't know how to say this, so I'm just going to read this word for word. This is from Ira Stephen Bear, a man who, I'm going to preface, I have disagreed with many times. And I quote, The quality of the show is not apparent to everyone, and that's really, really sad, because that show is as perfect an episode as we ever did. You would be hard-pressed to find moments that don't work. It does exactly what it's supposed to do. As loony as the show might seem, it's a real triumph. I'm not saying it's the only triumph by any means, but it's the one that's the most masked, I guess. The one that's toughest for the audience to recognize. You can take from that quote whatever you want. Me? I take condescension. No, I don't like your episode because ABC, which I already highlighted, regardless of the quality. I didn't give it lamentation status. 
But what I'm seeing is an episode that fails at basically every level, to be completely blunt. It doesn't engage me intellectually. I have nothing to think about. It doesn't engage me emotionally, because you haven't developed or built up to this point properly. It doesn't make, give me any ideas for other things to do in the future, which is something I sometimes take from fiction. Like, oh, this is a terrible thing, but I really love that idea or that concept. No. Nope. So no ideas, no intellectual engagement, no emotional engagement. Now, forgive me for getting defensive, but the moment I read that quote, I was just like, really? Really? So, anyways, I'm looking forward to the comments section telling me how stupid I am and that this is an awesome episode. And then I'm looking forward to seeing those of you who are actually awesome who are going to tell me why you like this episode. Because I really would like to see another perspective on this, assuming one, you know, assuming you're willing to share that with me, I guess, and that you have it. Let's talk about the episode proper. What little there is to say. So Vic picks up on people. This is, again, kind of a little bit of that analysis thing going on I've mentioned before. I don't think this gets to the point of magic analysis, because everything he's seeing is actually just basic analysis of body language and posture and whatnot. I hate to keep referring to the Tom and Bellana thing over on Voyager, but there's an episode, and I forget which one it is, but they're having a briefing. Now, the briefing has nothing to do with Tom and Bellana. They're just present for the briefing. And it's all focused on the briefing and the threat of the week and all that. And Tom and Bellana are sitting right next to each other, like shoulder to shoulder. And they're just kind of leaning into each other a little bit. That's all. It's a nice little touch, and it's a nice little moment that shows how close the two are and how comfortable they are with each other. Little bits like that are the kind of things that Worf and Jadzia also showcase, and that's why I bring it up, because I could believe that Vic Fontaine could look at these people and kind of, yeah, okay, deduce a few things. I'm with it, I'm with it. So, now I'm going to say the other bombshell, now that I've mentioned how much I think this episode sucks. I don't think Vic Fontaine is sentient and sapient. Yet. One of the most common loriums I come up I used to think coffee was the most common one, but no, droid effect is the one that just keeps coming up constantly. I get, I get fans, fans, wow, listen to me. I get viewers uh, asking me semi-regularly questions and ideas and theories about the concept of droid effect. That, that's how prevalent it is in science fiction. It's a fascinating concept, if you'll forgive me. Um, all I did was put a label on it. Uh, but anyways, getting back to the point, uh, Vic Fontaine has the three elements necessary for droid effect. Sufficient advancement, sufficient experience, sufficient, uh, sufficient external stimuli. But at this point in time, he actually doesn't have those former two. All he is is sufficiently advanced. He is aware that he's a hologram, but we've since seen that since season one of TNG, where we've seen holograms who are aware that they're holograms. That doesn't make them sentient sapient. It makes himself aware. Now you might say, what's the difference? And then we get into an argument that lasts 70 years. But the point remaining, I do not think that at this point in time he qualifies. I would say from memory he does by the end, but I'd actually like to re-examine a few episodes in particular as we go forward to see if I really still feel that way. just wanted to share that here because, well, because it occurred to me as I was watching this. I was like, yeah, okay. Uh, I suppose I should talk about Vic Fontaine in general. Ira Stephen Bears wanted this kind of character on the show for a while. Uh, he mentions him as the kind of the guy you go to to talk to with your relationship problems and whatnot. He doesn't say it word for word, but what I'm hearing is he wanted a Guinan. Now, I get that, because Guinan's awesome. Although, in fairness, I think a lot of the reason why Guinan is awesome is because of Whoopi Goldberg. 
But Guinan is awesome, so yeah, I'm with the idea of having that type of character on board. He wanted to bring in Frank Sinatra Jr. That was as far back as Season 4 when they were tossing that around. Frank Sinatra Jr. flat out said no. He wanted to play an alien, and he didn't want to play someone based on his dad. Okay. So they workshopped it a bit. You remember the episode uh, Simple Investigation, where Odo fell in love with a woman and then immediately fell right back out of love with her and never mentioned her again? You know, romance of the week. <laughs> that was season five. They were actually supposed to bring a character who was actually called Vic Fontaine into that episode. Uh, that fell through, basically. And the person they were contacting didn't happen. And by all accounts... Iris Steven Bear then spent basically every time, all the time from then to now, trying to get this character to happen, and just running into problem after problem after problem. And he just couldn't make it work. Now, by what is effectively coincidence, he ended up stumbling into James Darren. There's this whole story about it, I'm not going to recite the whole thing for you. But it's, it's this wonderful little tidbit about how he was like, oh, I don't know what to do, and he, his friend, Frederick Rappaport, that's the name I was trying to look up there, uh, met him, and they just kind of chatted, and they brought him in, and it just kind of clicked. It gelled. Because James Darren does actually do the role quite well. Like I said, I have nothing against him, and I actually like Vic. <sighs> um, so yeah, it, it, by coincidence and circumstance, he just kind of blundered his way into the show, and it's like, okay, we did it, we finally got our Vic Fontaine. Oh, about freaking time. Sheesh. Um, so... God, what else have we got going on in the rest of the episode? <laughs> Quark is is awesome, as usual. He lays it out for Odo. Very bluntly, and yet with an obvious tint of Karen involved, because Quark and Odo. Um, Dax, who points out, who obviously is picking up and has been picking up on the Odo thing for some time, because of course she is. Uh, and then there's this, actually, there's this really funny part where fake... Kira, the one left over from the spy hologram program, shows up, and Vic's like, hey, and that whole scene's just whatever. I don't really have anything to say about it. Although what I love most about it is the bit where fake Kira walks up to Vic and says, you're a hologram too? So Vic naturally decides to go to do the wacky scheme. Like, this is an 80s sitcom. I'm sorry. That's That sounds derogatory. I mean it as a derogatory statement. It was actually kind of insulting to see Vic have to resort to the whole I'm going to convince the two to meet and they don't know it's each other gag. <laughs> Just, really? I also want to mention something else. This is a small point, and it's one of my only points of contention that I've never heard anyone else talk about in this episode. And it's not, I don't want to say point of contention, but the point is, I'm not sure if this is Odo changing or revealing, because there's a difference. Now, whether it's acceptable, good, or bad to change for someone you love, that's a matter of opinion and years and years of drama that I don't want to touch. What am I saying? You centuries of drama I don't want to touch. But there is, in my opinion, a pretty big difference between I'm going to change for the one I love versus I'm going to show the person I love who I really am. Now, I bring this up because the episode doesn't really make it all that clear which is happening for Odo here, which is being portrayed. And, as ever, I leave it up to interpretation. 
I will admit by memory, I assumed it was Odo trying to change, to be more desirable to her. Now, the way that type of story arc usually goes is the person tries to change, and they end up pushing the person away, so then they go back to being themselves, and then they get together because now they're the real self. But in this one, it actually went, he starts to change, and she gets more interested. Like, out of nowhere interested, actually. Like, oh, I never realized this was a possibility, is the way I would phrase her reaction overall. So, not sure if this is a change or a reveal. As ever, curious of your thoughts. So, wacky scheme. As much as I dislike this episode, there are two scenes that I love. Really love in this episode. The first is very cold and harsh and kind of horrible. It's when Odo realizes that that's actually Kira in front of him. And as he's staring at her, he doesn't physically move. But you can feel him shifting back several feet, or meters if you prefer, every word. Nerys. Kira. Major. Just putting all of those walls right back up there. That was a brilliant scene. And it was brilliantly done and brilliantly acted. Huge praise to René Abergenois for the way he portrayed that. The second is when they kiss for the first time. And I know what you're thinking. I thought you didn't like the romance. I don't. <laughs> I, I... <laughs> uh, so I'm going to ruin uh, Hollywood kissing for you guys, for those of you not aware of this. You ever watch Hollywood actors kiss? Um, I don't have any way of physically demonstrating this. As I'm thinking what I have access to. Let's just pretend this carrot here is someone else's lips. Here, bear with me, okay? So you normally you kiss like here, or like maybe like this, or if you're really feeling weird like this. But the point is, the lips are still touching, right? If you ever pay attention to it, Hollywood actors tend to kiss like this. Now, they hide it. They usually do the twist thing. So they're kind of like this, and then like they're like this, and so it's like, oh, mwah, mwah, mwah. But if you're paying attention, and this is why I say I'm ruining Hollywood kissing for you, if you pay attention, it's always obvious they're kissing right above or right below on one of these two spots. They're not actually kissing. Now, I want you to watch the scene again where they kiss, because it's so obvious that they're not actually kissing in any real sense of the word. And it's so hilarious. I'm sorry, I, I don't even mean this as a negative, like, I burst out laughing. This was so funny, and so... <laughs> and, of course, the episode takes, like, a good 30 seconds as everyone on the entire promenade's like, whoa! And I was just like, yes! Even Cork's just like, uh-huh. Yeah, I'm proud of you. Proud of you, Odo. Like, it was a great scene. It was actually legitimately heartwarming and touching, and it was very, very enjoyable. But I gotta share an anecdote about it really quick. The take you see of the initial kiss is the first take of said kiss. Why is that relevant? I want you to think about what kissing someone like René Bergenois in full makeup would be like. Remember, he's got a plastic shell on his face, which itself is caked with orange makeup. So when they pulled away, not a visitor had like orange gluck all over the place, and Renee's face was like exposed because the plastic had ripped off. <laughs> Just picture that for a second. I almost wish they'd left that in, because it would just be like, oh, Odo. Oh, Oh, anyways, anyways. Mm. Um, 
So they decide to get together. There's a musical number at the end. Because, of course, there is. One last It's only 30 seconds long. I, yeah, I timed that one, too. And that is the episode. <laughs> uh, I'm probably never going to watch this episode again. It's definitely on the skip list for me. I'm not even sure what else to say about it. Well, that's not true. How many of you remember the Arshian guy in Voyager? It was a series I was doing just for fun. Just because I love being creative and I love rewriting things. You know, as a creative assignment, looking at an existing piece of fiction and trying to rewrite it in a way that you feel is better is a very engaging creative exercise for me. It's very fun. I love doing it. I also have found, speaking as a creative writing teacher, that it's a great way to try and engage your juices and get you thinking in the direction that'll help you to write your own works. So for a while there, I was writing my own version of Voyager. I still remember bits and pieces of it. In fact, I still have my notes for that, uh, believe it or not about the Conclave and how that was going to build up into an eventual dealing with the Borg and blah, 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 blah. And they were going to end up going home, and then things were going to get worse. <laughs> uh, but I'm bringing that up because I was looking at this episode and thinking, what would I have done? How would I have done this differently? So, here's a random thought for you. I... Let's assume the limitations of Kira, Odo together, and Vic Fontaine. Those are our requirements, okay? As Ira Stephen Bear said, they left the thread dangling too long, they wanted to do something with it, and, spoiler, 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 so, as a consequence, this is where we're going with that. Okay, so that's the, that's the verdict from on high. All right, edict, excuse me, edict from on high. My first thought, and I know this is going to sound strange, is that Odo starts the episode in the middle of a date with the real Kira. They have gotten past their issues, they've tried to get together, and it's just not clicking. And neither of them are sure why. They don't even try to do anything physical, because they don't get to that point. There's just nothing there. And so the, the first date ends, and Odo's all troubled, and he doesn't know what to do, and Kira goes to Dax, and Dax is like, well, maybe there's just nothing there. And so, Why don't you try another date? You, you need to be certain about this kind of thing. This is an important thing. Yeah, you're right. So they have their second date. Um, whether or not Vic is introduced at this point or not is almost irrelevant, but Vic could probably be introduced in between these scenes as the self-aware hologram. Okay. So then we move forward, and they go to the second date, and the way I would want to construct this is the second date starts off romantic, but then turns fun. Like, I know this is going to sound strange, but imagine one of your close friends who you have no romantic feelings for, okay? Whatever gender. And so you go on a date with that person, which, you know, you got the candlelight and you got the dinner, and you're just not feeling it because you have no romantic feelings for them. But then you think, well, you know, it'd be fun. And then you just go, now pick a, an activity that'd be really fun for you. Maybe you're playing video games, you go playing laser tag, or you go out and shoot some hoops, or whatever, right? And as you drift into that, all of that awkward uncomfortableness just melts away, and all of a sudden, you're just having fun with your friend. That's how I would have the second date go. I'd have to nail out specifics, but you get the gist of the concept. Okay, we're going to go and try to do this, and it's not going to work, and we're going to end up being okay with the fact that this is friendship. No, this is okay. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, hang on. Part of the mandate was Odo and Kira. Yeah, they didn't say which Kira. So Vic 
gets involved in this. Now, I have to admit, this is poorly constructed. It is, because I just came up with this on the top of my head. And I didn't prep for this at all. But, off the top of my head, the easiest and quickest route here is that Vic is someone who is effectively pushed, probably by Quark, in order to get Odo and Kira together. So Vic, thinking he's salvaging two lovers, tries to set up this situation. He gets Odo to, to agree to meet him on the holodeck at, under duress. They have some fun. Sure, have a singing number. Sure, why not? And during the singing number, he introduces Hollow Kira. And you already see where I'm going with this. I would have Nana Visitor play Hollow Kira completely differently. Totally different personality. And that's the point. In short, no matter... See, I know this is going to sound strange, but to me, the nature of how you look shouldn't determine whether or not a changeling finds them attractive or not. It should be entirely internal. Personality, emotion, thought, etc. So, the idea being posited here would be that he never found Kira physically attractive because the very concept doesn't exist to him. doesn't even begin to equate to him. Instead, he thought he found her personality attractive. But because he is so new at this, because he, and he admit this in the episode, I, I, I thought what I was feeling was love. I, I've, I've felt this. It, it, it affects me and, and it changes me. And I thought it was love, but it was just this connection, this friendship. And he's telling all this to Hollow Kira, and the two become close. And you see where this is going. I probably don't even need to finish the rest of the episode. The idea that Nana, uh, Hollow Kira, we'd come up with a name for her. I forget the name of the. Russian actress, so we could go, you know, the, the the Russian character. We could deal with that if we wanted to, as her name. But she becomes a semi-recurring character, which would be easy to do. After all, she's played by the same actress as a regular character, so we don't even need to pay an extra actress to do this. Yes, I'm thinking financially in addition to creatively. What? <laughs> so the two start having something of an actual relationship. And why would the fact that she's holographic bother Odo at all? Why does he care that she's made of photons? He's made of goop. And I suppose that's the final reason I like that idea. That he would end up redirecting his romantic feelings towards something that is a thing in the same way he is. And, you know, love bypasses boundaries, blah, 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 blah. You know, all, all those romantic details. So what do you think, guys? How terrible of an idea is that? Like I said, I really did come up with that off the top of my head. I should have prepped something, but I wanted to see if I could come up with something off the top of my head. Because I'm a weirdo. What do you think? How awful is it? <sighs> I wouldn't have even shared that, but I had so little to say in this episode that I wanted to at least do something with it. So I hope you'll forgive my indulgence. And I'll see you next time, guys.